I'm Daisy Batanz, the founder of Little Buddha. We are a woman-owned company that is committed to creating clean, ethically sourced, premium-quality skincare products with all eco-friendly packaging. Our products are fragrance with pure essential oils and made with all natural organic ingredients. We believe a clean and healthy lifestyle begins with what you use on your skin on a daily basis. Use promo code INNERCALLING for 20% off your first self-care purchase with us. And follow us on Instagram at littlebuddhabydaisy and shop at littlebuddhabydaisy.com. Thank you. Hello, welcome back to the Inner Calling Podcast. This is your host, Amanda Nafash, and I'm so, so excited to be interviewing our guest today. Please welcome Regina Curtis, uh, a soul wisdom mentor. Welcome, Regina. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our convo today. Me too. I'm so excited. So let's just hop right in, um, starting with your title of Soul Wisdom Mentor. What does that mean to you? (laughs) I love it. It's a great question. Um, So Soul Wisdom Mentor is essentially that I am tapped into the wisdom of my soul. I call Soul Wisdom your authentic ways of knowing and being. That's how I would define it. Um, So that's how you receive information, how you process it, how you express it, and how you integrate it. And I use my soul wisdom to and my life experiences to mentor people in tapping into and really um, utilizing and benefiting from their soul wisdom. So my goal is that I would help you have more confidence and clarity. So how do you receive that information? Can you interpret it and then take aligned action with it? And that's really at the basis of what we do. Wow. That's so incredible. Um, So how how do you, how did you get started with, um, the concept of soul wisdom? Because it's so broad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, honestly, it's something that I've worked with my entire life and it has been something that I've played around a lot with language and, um, so I actually was just, I was hosting a group in my, in my community and we were talking about, um, kind of what happened, you know, using language and how we work with that in our lives. Mm. And I can remember one of my very earliest memories um, of having to do with language is my older sister teaching me how to read when I was three years old. And she was, you know, I already knew my alphabet and she was asking me, what is, what word do you want to learn how to spell? Mm. And my very first word I wanted to spell was unicorn. Um, Mm. So I, (laughs) dove right in. And I think that's telling in so many ways. Mm. Um, but really just kind of this journey that I've been on when I was in high school, I took different languages. I took both, um, French and Russian. And, uh, I remember at that time thinking that I wanted to be an interpreter. And then many years later, I actually was having a conversation, a networking kind of conversation with someone. And I was trying to explain to her what I do And that's actually where the term soul wisdom mentor uh, was first born. So it was a couple of years ago, probably in like 2019 or 2020, somewhere in that 
that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and it developed from that conversation. At first I said it was, you know, I helped people understand the wisdom of their soul. And then it became like the language of your soul and, you know, continued to evolve. Mm-hmm. But now I use soul wisdom mentor and really focus on helping people understand their soul wisdom language. So how does that wisdom speak to you and through you? And that's really kind of the evolution of how it came to be. That's so beautiful. I love that little story about you and your sister. That's so sweet. (laughs) So wholesome. (laughs) Um, So uh, because I know you um, personally, and I met you before, I know that you have a connection with um, writing as well. Um, So what, tell, take me through like what it's like to kind of integrate all of these moving parts into um, one business. Mm. That's a great question. Um, I think that the the way that I would best describe that is to actually talk a little bit more about soul wisdom language, what that, mm-hmm. what that looks like and how that shows up. So there are five different wisdom channels that every person has um, access to and utilize. These are the, think of them as kind of like the main five categories of ingredients that make up your soul wisdom language. Okay. Um, and so those are, I, I would give you the term um, times, the, the word times to help you remember it. And those wisdom channels are your thinking channel, your images channel, movement channel, emotions, and sensory. And so these are two-way channels, right? This is how your soul wisdom communicates to you and through you. So for me, I'm most fluent in my images channel, meaning that I've worked with that one the most. I'm the most comfortable with it. Mm. I understand the world through images, through artwork. Um, It's how I express myself. It's how I process information. Um, I'm an art channel, so information comes to me that way, and it also comes through me that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thinking channel is one that most people are pretty, uh, pretty fluent in because really honestly, we're forced to be. Um, Even if that's not your most natural go-to way of receiving information and expressing it, most of our societal structures are set up with the thinking channel, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We're taught to use our analytical brain and we also are, um, but let me say, And Mm -hmm. um, even though we use our analytical brain a lot, that's also the channel that claircognizance comes through, right? That means clear knowing. Mm. So when somebody's like, I don't know, I just, I just know it. I don't know how to explain it. I didn't have any training in it. I didn't have any, you know, proof that this was something that was going to happen. That Mm -hmm. comes through your wisdom channel of thinking. And so that's the channel that I would say is I'm really expressing when I'm using, when I'm writing. Um, so writing comes through in many forms. I've contributed to several books. I have a book that I'm writing, a solo book that will be coming out sometime in the next two years, I'm going to say. Okay. Um, it's been, uh, it was a really fast process. Like it literally like dropped in one weekend. I wrote the bulk of it in one weekend. Wow. Um, However, the editing process has been much slower. So um, it's coming though. It's something that I keep talking about and and spending time on. So, but also in, you know, writing blog posts and writing articles, I've published several articles. I love writing. Um, It's a way for me to kind of process 
the work that I'm doing with others and then share about it as well as process the work that I'm doing in my own life and share about that in a different way. So that's one facet of what I do. Mm-hmm. Artwork and creative practice is a huge part of what I do um, with others. And then really um, tying in, you know, I would say all of the different elements that I do, they have to do, they speak to the different wisdom channels and each person their soul wisdom language, it's their unique recipe, right? So Mm -hmm. there are all these different ways that different people express themselves and learn best. And so there are all those different ways. It's like a buffet. You come and you choose the things. We Mm -hmm. work with the things that are best for you. Mm -hmm. I hope that answers your question. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it gave me three more, but that's just, (laughs) that's just how it works on this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) So it's, it's so interesting to me, um, because it feels like, um, love languages, but like so much deeper and so much more complex. Um, and so can you tell me your perspective on love languages? Like the, the historical one that we all know. (laughs) So I'm curious if you've actually, have you done the soul wisdom language quiz on my website? I literally just looked at it this morning and I was like, oh, I have to do that. And then I didn't have time to do it before our meeting. So I'm going to do it this afternoon. (laughs) So the reason I asked that is because I'm going to point out that you're very intuitive because when you take that quiz, so this is for anybody who's listening, it takes about five minutes. um, It's seven questions and it really helps you identify which one of those channels, those wisdom channels Mm -hmm. you're most fluent in right now. Um, But everyone is has access to and has some level of fluency in all the channels, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're they're happening whether or not we're consciously aware of them. But the reason I asked you that is because at the end of the quiz, you get a like a little snapshot profile that tells you some things about that wisdom channel. And one of those is is it ties it to a love language. So I've done a lot of <laughs> I've done a lot of exploration with the soul wisdom channels and the love languages and how they partner with each other. Mm. Um, so for instance, the images channel is very aligned with, um, giving and receiving gifts. And the reason I say that is because when you give a gift to someone, you're able to see physically in, in a physical form, Mm -hmm. what that love connection is, right? Like Mm. whether that is romantic love or it's friendship love or it's self-love, even when you buy something for yourself or you, not even if you, you don't have to necessarily buy it, but you get something for yourself, right? You could go out in a field and pick some wildflowers. That's you seeing, being able to see in an image and Mm -hmm. hold in your hand something that is an expression of what it is that your heart was desiring Mm -hmm. or that you were desiring to give to someone else. Um, So that's one way that I I tie those together. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I like that a lot. Um, Do you feel like people go through phases where like one phase of their life they're heavy on one soul wisdom channel and then they kind of like grow into another maybe um 
So at the heart of your question, what I hear is, are they fluid? Do they change? Are yeah. They different? Yeah. So I wouldn't say that there's necessarily like a prescribed phase of life where you're necessarily like in one wisdom channel more than another. Mm-hmm. But I would say that as you evolve, because we're all ever evolving beings, right. our soul wisdom language evolves with us. And there are times when um, you may need how would I say that there may, there may be times when you, it would be necessary for you to be working with a specific, uh, channel more than another. So for instance, when you're in college, you may be really developing your thinking channel more Mm -hmm. because you're in a lot of classes, right. And you're in a lot of conversations at that time. Mm -hmm. If you are, uh, for instance, um, a mother, if you're giving about to give birth, you may be really tuned into your sensory channel because so many things are happening in your body as you're developing that baby, right? Mm-hmm. And you're learning to uh, speak the language of your sensory channel in a very different way. So mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> would be yeah. my general answer to that question. Right, right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so from a, a client's perspective, Um, if they were to come to you and say, I want to understand my soul wisdom channels, right? Channels. (laughs) Um, like how do you start? My soul wisdom language. Yeah. Soul wisdom language. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. How do you start? (laughs) So honestly, the, the place that I point most people to starting is with that quiz. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not necessarily designed to be a quiz that is like, Uh, I don't, what I wouldn't want somebody to do is to go take this quiz and then walk around going, I'm an images channel. So therefore I must do this or I only do that. Right. Right. It's really a place to start exploring. What does this mean for you? How does it show up for you? Because Mm -hmm. it's really all of the work that we do, it's based in curiosity mm-hmm. and use as a tool for introspection so that you can then learn more about yourself and then develop your world to support that version of yourself, right? right. Like instead of a lot of times um, when people come, when people go seeking a mentor, or seeking a coach, right? They're looking mm-hmm. for how can I fit myself into this system in a way that is going to, or like what knowledge can I gain or what um, techniques or skills can I develop in myself mm-hmm. so that I can then better fit this thing in my life, right? Yeah. So I show up better. My take on it is really kind of flipping the script and saying, how can we learn more about what actually serves you as a person, Mm -hmm. what your natural ways of being are, what your natural ways of knowing are, including what your strengths are and what are some things that you would like to develop further. Mm -hmm. And then bringing in the things in your world, tools, techniques, methods, et cetera, that are going to support you by highlighting your strengths and then helping support those areas where you're still developing Mm -hmm. so that you're not trying to fit yourself into a box, but you're bringing the tools to you that are more authentic, authentically aligned for you. Wow. I love that. That's like speaking inner calling language so much. It literally is. <laughs> so that's something that I talk about all the time with my career coaching clients who are in career transition, who are applying for jobs, because I say all the time, 
your resume should reflect who you are authentically. It shouldn't be a fake person because if you get a job based off of that fake person and you show up as your authentic self, it's not going to fit. You know, like you need to be applying applying places that reflect your values and and you want to be in an environment that is suitable for yourself. So this is totally, um, it like links right in there with, with making career choices. Um, being able to have those like hard conversations with yourself. I feel like (laughs) you do, right. You absolutely do. Because if you show up by, if you try to fit yourself, self into the job rather than finding the job that fits you, Mm -hmm. then somebody's going to be disappointed. It's either going to be you or it's going to be your new employer. Right. right? And Mm -hmm. that's not going to turn out well for either of you, because really what happens is if you're not truly the right fit for the job, the -hmm. job is not the right fit for you. And therefore you're unfulfilled and the job is not done to its best capacity because, um, what is needed may be somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And so you can force yourself into that. And I can tell you, I've stayed in jobs far longer, sometimes for years longer Mm -hmm. than I should have. And when I say should have, not because I wasn't capable of doing the job or not because I didn't do an actually really good job at it, Mm -hmm. but because I knew that it wasn't actually fulfilling me and what my needs were. And yeah. so therefore I wasn't actually serving any of the people there or the job itself in the way that it needed. Mm-hmm. So can you take us through like a story or an example of a time when either yourself or one of your mentees used their um, just understanding of their own soul wisdom language to advocate for themselves? Yes. Let me see. Give me a second to think of what the best example would be. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that's coming to mind. Okay. I'm going to use this example um, and I'll share about it. And then um, we can kind of explore, explore it as we go. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I, I really love helping people do is to understand their natural rhythms and cycles. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean? <laughs> that means many things, but we can use a lot of information from our external world to help understand our internal world. Mm-hmm. And so um, something that I reference a lot is the cycles and seasons of nature. So we might look at what is your astrology chart and find out where, what houses, you know, are you Mm -hmm. moving through at a particular time? What energies exist there that are supporting you and that are present for you? Mm -hmm. Um, But also looking to nature as, um, as a guide, as a reference. So this particular person that I'm thinking of, um, she came to me and was expressing that she was really struggling with energy, maintaining her energy throughout her day. Mm -hmm. She's an entrepreneur, a mom and a wife. And so we tuned in and what, and I work very intuitively, right? So this one tool that I'm going to use with someone isn't necessarily the same thing I'm going to use with everyone because it's a very personal, um, it's very personal work that we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. We're not, we're looking for at the individual, at your soul wisdom language and what is going to be supportive for you. So this is what she needed. She also is someone who is very in tune with nature, um, 
And it's a part of who she is. She has a background in science and she really loves spending time in nature. So what we did was we tuned in and we felt into when do the different energies of each season show up in her day? Mm. And so what she, what she recognized is that, you know, spring energy, that energy of like renewal and, um, things kind of coming to life and opening up is very early in the morning for her. Mm -hmm. And then her summer period of when it feels really good for her to be on calls with clients and teaching workshops and, um, really kind of doing that, that energy of that young energy of summer, which is very like productive and in the spotlight, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's a good portion of her day from like mid morning until kind of early afternoon, but in early afternoon, this is when fall kicks in and fall is about bringing the energy back within. So if you think about what happens with the trees, they actually bring all their energy back into their core to preserve their energy for the winter. And so it's a time of coming back in and releasing. And so she was forcing herself to continue working in that summer energy, which is what most of us have learned how to, you know, in a corporate structure, you go to work from nine to five or whatever the hours are, right? Mm -hmm. And you're expected to be in that summer energy that entire time, except for a brief break during lunch, right? To review. But most of us don't actually have energy that flows in that way. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we realized that that winter period for her was the time where she's able to be quiet and spend time with her family. And that usually her energy starts waning about the same time she needs to go get her daughter from school. Mm -hmm. So we gave her a practice where she would tune in towards the end of that, that like late summer energy moving into fall, Mm -hmm. capture all the things that were still in her brain that she was wanting to put on that to-do list and put those in a place where she had them out of her brain so mm-hmm. that she could really wind down her energy, go get her daughter, have that fall period, and then spend the winter instead of thinking about all the things that she didn't get done or needed to do the next day, mm-hmm. it was already captured and available for her the next spring, which is the next morning. Mm, that's beautiful. I really love yeah. that. Um, it's definitely something I feel like we as a society, um, we're like being pulled in so many different directions all the time, but especially, um, with what's going on with careers, like in the past two years, so many people have transitioned and made in the beginning, I think a lot of people were making virtual work for them. Um, and then like, the world kept moving and, and people were, half the people were like, I want to go back to the way it was. And half the people were like, right. I want nothing to do with the way it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting for me. I'm constantly seeing people like either re-entering corporate world or like leaving corporate world forever, starting their own business. Like there's just yes. so many facets to it. So, um, but at the core of it really is just finding something that works for you, you know, exactly. like it's, it's finding something that makes you feel like I can spend X amount of time, which is the amount of time I want to spend on it doing yep. this. Exactly. Um, that's so beautiful. So one of the things that, cause I work a lot with entrepreneurs and mostly that is because I myself, you know, where I've worked in academia, I've worked in education, education and academia. I think of education being like, you know, the K-12 space, academia yeah. being more in the higher ed space. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've worked in a corporate space, right? So I've worked in all these different spaces and my transition into entrepreneurship was really, um, you know, I was moving in that direction. It happened to coincide with 2020 where I, at the time was working in educational travel. Mm. Obviously that closed down when Mm -hmm. no educate, when no travel was available. Um, and that's when my transition into full-time entrepreneurship happened, but Mm. I was already, you know, moving in that direction and working in that space, um, as kind of my, like my passionate side job, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but it became my full-time thing. And so I talk, I speak a lot to entrepreneurs and especially those who I would consider, um, you know, spiritual entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs who've left the space of the sphere of work for someone else Mm -hmm. and moved into this space of entrepreneurship leaning into and building a business from those practices that really, um, fed them, nourished them while they were in the corporate space. So a lot Mm. of times, you know, the people that end up working with me, they're like, I was in this corporate career and I, it was sucking the life out of me. And, you know, I leaned into my yoga practice or I leaned into my Reiki practice, or I just found that I wanted to like make art all the time. And they've built a business from that. And now they're kind of deconditioning those corporate practices and ways of knowing and ways of being that they learned in that space. Mm -hmm. So people will ask me sometimes like, Oh, do you think the corporate space is bad? Or do you think working for someone else is bad? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that entrepreneurship is for everyone, right? It's that, that it's just not right for everyone. Just like entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Neither is the corporate space. So Mm -hmm. it all comes back to that soul wisdom language of what is the most supportive space for you to work in? And what you were just describing that those people shifting of like, do we go virtual or do I work for someone else? Or do I become a corporate, go back into corporate after having been an entrepreneur? That is, I think, people trying to figure out what that soul wisdom is telling them, even though they may not have necessarily the vocabulary for it or the awareness of that, that being what it is. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so when you work with clients, especially just because it's so individualized what you do, um, is it always in person or do you, do you do virtual clients? So I do mostly virtual actually, because most, um, I have clients all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it tends to be, especially for entrepreneurs, it tends to be, uh, a more flexible space for people to work in. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not opposed to doing in person, I'm based in Chicago and Mm -hmm. I do work with some people one-on-one, um, in person. Although I do have clients in Chicago that I also work with virtually just because, it's easier, right? Yeah. It's easier to fit in our time um, on a Zoom call, you know, or on a phone call and then continue on with your day. So it's, yeah, it's both. Okay, cool. Did you find, so, I mean, um, I guess I probably should have asked this before, but here we are. Did you, did you start, <laughs> your, okay. did you start your business um, at that time when you went, like you, you mentioned, um, having that transition right around the time of 2020, where you decided to go, um, full into entrepreneurship, was your business already existing at that time or did you start it then? Great question. Um, yes and no. So, um, so I actually officially started, well, let me say this. I started working with, um, as a Reiki practitioner, that was my side gig. Like that was the thing that, um, 
was kind of like my transition, the thing that fed me, nourished me in my mm-hmm. corporate life. Mm-hmm. Um, creative practice, I've always been an artist, et cetera, but really leaning into that healing work, mm-hmm. um, that energy work. So I started doing that in 2017. And then that transitioned and grew and evolved and transformed into at Matri, which is my company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just filed my paperwork for my LLC. It arrived, I, I filed it in late 2019. Mm-hmm. It arrived, um, approved in 2020 in February on February 18th. And as we know, pretty much the world's in time. <laughs> Right at that time. So I was doing the work, but I was, my company wasn't actually officially born. Mm. Um, I had this realization in 2020, I'd been kind of, I mean, in 2019, I had been doing this work as a passion project, as something that I just was really enjoying Mm -hmm. and realized like, oh, this is starting to evolve into a business. I'm going to make it official. I'm going to give it a name, give it an identity, right? Um, and create space for this in my life, thinking that I was going to very gently transition into the world of full-time entrepreneurship and allow my corporate corporate world to kind of like gently start to transition out. Mm -hmm. Obviously that did not happen. Um, So I received, you know, official paperwork in mid 20, mid February, 2020. And Mm -hmm. by May I had been, um, furloughed and then laid off from my position. So it was kind of like the universe giving me this not so gentle nudge to get out out the nest and and do the thing. So yeah, it, it became my full-time job and I, I just looked at it as, okay, this is a very clear sign. This is a blessing in disguise. Um, and it hasn't necessarily been easy, but it definitely has been one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world. That's so awesome. Um, so I, at the beginning of the interview, for those of you listening, I, I always like to make sure that I'm pronouncing things correctly. Um, but especially (laughs) your business name at Matri, because it's very unique and it's not a word that I even like recognize. So I was like, what is it? So I'm now I want to know, and I'm sure the audience wants to know, what does it mean? Yeah, it's a, not a word you recognize because it's a word I made up. Awesome. Um, however, <laughs> it has origin in Sanskrit. So it's actually a combination of two Sanskrit words that I've merged together. So Atman means self um, or soul. And mm-hmm. Maitri means benevolence or kindness. There's a lot of ways that you can interpret both. Mm-hmm. Um, but together, really, they mean kindness towards your soul. And that's really the work that I do. It's it's the work, the journey that I've taken to get here. Mm-hmm. And it's the journey that I take with you as my client. That is so beautiful. I love that so much. Um, yeah. So I guess one of my final questions is also going to be because I believe that you said you were also in the podcast space. Um, Can you share a little bit about what you talk about on your podcast? Yeah. So I actually just decided to pause the podcast for a little bit. However, all of the episodes that I've recorded, I think there are 39 of them Mm -hmm. are available on my YouTube channel and it was called the soul wisdom exchange. So it was born um, really out of a desire to, in when when things kind of shut down, I've always been a really social person and mm-hmm. really enjoyed connecting with other people. And so I started going into different spaces in, you know, 
in 2020, I started going into different classes and different groups and having these really amazing conversations with other people um, and finding that I was getting this guidance from my soul wisdom, right, to have more conversations. And I kept asking, I was like, okay, well, who am I supposed to have conversations with, right? Like, where am I? I can't go anywhere. I can't have conversations with people. And it was like, I would sit and ask, and I would get this very clear answer that said, you'll know. Mm. And I was like, okay, great. So I started seeking out, like, where can I have conversations with people? And then the guidance became, take it deeper, right? I have, mm-hmm. have a deeper conversation. Um, and again, I said, well, who with who? And they said, you'll know. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening is I started to create this community of people that I was just really feeling this deeper connection with. And so I started asking them to take the conversation outside of whatever group we were in and have a one-on-one conversation, right? Whether that mm-hmm. was a Zoom call or a phone call or whatever it was. And I realized that these conversations were really powerful and there was so much juicy information that was being shared between us that we were having these soul wisdom exchanges. Mm -hmm. And so it led me to creating a summit. And then from that was born the podcast. Um, And just recently, actually, like last, the beginning of this week is when I announced that I was decided to, um, I decided to end it, but I don't think it's the end forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that I, now my guidance is to, to share in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm doing. It's really, my guidance now is to spend more time sharing about what I do going on other podcasts. Um, I just recorded a TV episode yesterday, which is, it aired live today and there's another episode of it live, um, airing this weekend. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So that's really what I'm being encouraged to do from my soul guidance, Mm -hmm. from my wisdom. So that's why I decided to pause it, but there are amazing conversations. Definitely go check them out on my YouTube channel at, at Maytree. Awesome. So cool. Um, so for everybody who's listening, who's very interested in hearing more and learning more about what you do and just kind of like being able to see it in all different ways, um, just tell us where we can find you. Absolutely. So the best place to find me, um, anything at Maytree is all of my socials are at, at Maytree or Mm -hmm. at Regina Curtis. Um, I recommend starting on my website with the quiz. So take that, you know, five minute quiz, download the PDF that you'll get, um, access to at the end of it. Mm -hmm. It'll, you'll put in your email. I'll send you an email for five days. I promise I won't spam you after that, but (laughs) I will send you an email every day, helping you to put into practice something that I call a devotional practice. So it's a a very simple practice that you can do each day to help you attune to and really develop those different wisdom channels. So that's where I recommend you start. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to take it further, you can um, contact me about my soul wisdom fluency program. And that's where I work one-on-one with you to help Mm -hmm. you develop each of those channels even deeper. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Regina. This was such an awesome conversation. Thank you. I'm so excited to take my quiz. (laughs) I'll be taking it (laughs) today. Let me know what your, your fluency channel is and would love to hear how the practices go for you. Yes, absolutely. And for those of you listening, anybody who takes the quiz, make sure you comment underneath, um, the Instagram post on, 
inner calling about yes. this episode and we can chat more about what you found. <laughs> love it. I love it. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Regina. Again, it was such a lovely conversation and thank you all for listening. As always, this has been another amazing episode of the Inner Calling Podcast and we will see you next month. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.